Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Hello, this is Keith Chanty coming live to you from the Canicuck Institute podcast room here in Lampy, Missouri. I am so excited to talk to you guys today because I have something that's really down deep inside of my heart. And it's the book of 2 Timothy. And guys, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you just to turn there to this most incredible book because I think you're going to get blessed because it sounds a lot like we're going through in today's world. And, and you know, as we go through these difficult times, I just want to offer you a word of encouragement because I do know this. You know, Paul had gone through a lot of stuff. He had been released from his Roman imprisonment that he, in 1 Timothy, he had kind of really seen some tough times, but now he's released for a short time, but now he's thrown back into prison again, and Paul finds himself there in a Roman prison under Nero's persecution of Christians, and Nero was a bad man. He was uh, like our worst government thoughts ever. He was burning Christians alive. It was just amazing to see the terror he'd put in everyone's heart, but one person was not fearful, and it was the Apostle Paul. And so Paul writes 2 Timothy with this mindset of really helping his protege, Timothy. And so let's start here in chapter 1. And what we see is it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life of Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved brother, grace, mercy, peace to you. Because what what, what Paul wanted Timothy to see is that, hey, there's something greater. This earth is not as good as it gets, but it's probably pretty wicked. And when I think of that, I go, you know, we've come through COVID. We've seen a lot of death, pain, misery. And we do know this, that if our hope was only on this earth, there wouldn't probably be very many days we want to get up and enjoy the day. Let me give you a picture here. You know, I played football. You guys understand Keith Chancey, you know, Wide receiver, I played football in high school, college, played at Washington Baptist, and then and I had a very short stint with the St. Louis Cardinals when they were in St. Louis. So to sign a pro contract, man, that was a big day. But it wasn't near as big as the day that I received Jesus Christ because when Christ came in my heart, it was unbelievable. And it changed my life, and it changed the way I played football because at that point, I no longer wanted to play football to hear the crowd's approval, but I wanted God's approval. And, you know, I just think about that and I go, that's the approval that we want in every area of life. Well, here I am. I signed with the Cardinals. We're training camp and, uh, and the, you know, they're checking us out as receivers and I'm running what's called a zero pattern. That means I come across the middle and I find a little opening and I take off. And if I can catch that ball in stride, it's almost a guarantee. There's going to be nobody that catches me headed for the end zone. Well, I come across that middle and I see an opening, which is what we see a lot of times, just that opening. And I shot to that crease and my quarterback, Neil, throws the ball to me. And as I reach up, man, my arms are stretched out long and I catch that ball. Yes. And I mean, that free safety ignited me. It's called a cleat removal hit. It just knocks me smooth out. He hit across my helmet. My helmet is wrapped around my head. I hit on the ground and I'm going, Lord, have mercy. I think I've just died. Well, I get up finally and I go back to the huddle and I'm like, you just got your bell rung. And the quarterback says to me, says, Chancey, never stretch out like that coming across the middle. Well, I'm going to tell you something. 
he didn't have to remind me that because the next time I ran across that middle, there's something that happened to me. I did not want to stretch out my arms because my arms, when they got stretched out there, I got annihilated. So I had what I call short arms. They were alligator arms. I didn't want to reach out because the last time I reached out, I got hurt. Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, I know you've been hurt. You're short arming life. You're afraid to stretch out. And you know, a lot of us are short arming life because we've seen life be difficult and we're afraid. And we're going, if I stretch out again, I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to stretch out in marriage. I don't want to step out in relationships. I don't want to stretch out with my kids because it seems every time I stretch out, Something happens that's catastrophic, and I'm tired of getting hurt. Well, that's exactly what Timothy was feeling. In fact, when I spell the word Timothy, T-I-M-O-T-H-Y is Timothy, but I spell it T-I-M-I-D-T-H-Y, Timid-thy. He was fearful, and Paul's not trying to say, don't be afraid. You've got grace. You've got mercy. You've got peace coming from God, the Father of Christ the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, guys, I thank God in verse three. I thank God in whom I serve with a clear conscience. Guys, you know, when you don't have a clear conscience, you don't want to stretch out in life because you're fearful and you're afraid that you might get hit again. But Paul says, I serve God with a clear conscience. What I want you to understand in that clear conscience right there is you've got to reprogram the computer chip of your brain. Meaning you can't have this spirit of fear because in verse seven, it says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God doesn't want you to fear life. There's only one thing that we should fear is being cast into hell. First Corinthians 15. But see us, we fear these things, but you have nothing to fear if in Christ, through his grace, through his mercy, we have peace but we've got to reprogram the computer chip of our brain and have a clear conscience. Let me give you a picture here because I think once again, pictures are worth a thousand words. I'll never forget. I went to Nepal and as I left, Karen said, sweetie, she said, can I get an alarm system in her house? I just want to make sure our house is safe. I said, sure. So while I'm gone, she gets a, an alarm system put on. Well, the day I get back from Nepal, I walk out of my house and I put the key in the door and I open the door and I hear beep, beep. What that BB meant, meant was I had, I had triggered the alarm system. Well, I'd never heard an alarm system in our house. And so I go, oh, I better go over there because I bet my wife has left me some, a little uh, sheet of notes that I need to know and what, what is the password. So I walk down the hall. I get there and I, I, I start looking at the copet. Well, there's no notes there. And I go, oh man, I better, I better figure this out pretty quick. And I go, she loves me. So she loves Keith, K-E-I-T-H. Beep, beep. Wrong. Well, she loves herself, Karen. Beep, beep, wrong. She loves Callie, bong. She loves Cameron, wrong. She loves our dog, no. I mean, I'm like, oh no. And I can see that code pet seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Whoop, whoop. And I mean, the lights start going on and off and the siren goes off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm going, oh Lord, have mercy. And about that time, I, I see the phone ring. So I pick up the phone and this lady on the other end, I hear her say, code please. And I go, hey, my name is Keith Chancy, and I live here. I'm the husband of Karen. And she says, code, please. And I try to help her understand I own this house. She had the audacity to hang up on me. She hung up on me. Can you believe that? Well, the only reason she hung up on me is because I don't know the code. Well, within minutes, police are coming from everywhere, and they pull up. Well, long story short, my next-door neighbor is chief of the police of Denton at the time. And he says, 
to his guys, this guy must be a real predator. Go after him. He knew it was me. And so they come running up with their guns pulled. Get on the ground. I'm diving on the ground. Pull your hands behind your back. And I am being arrested. About that time as I'm being arrested, my phone rings again. And my next door neighbor picks it up and puts it in my face and goes, here. And it was my wife. And Karen goes, hey, sweetie, you know what? There's sometimes in your life you don't want to be called sweetie. She says, sweetie, uh, what's going on? I said, I'm being arrested. She says, what for? I said, because I don't know the code. And she goes, sweetie, you know the code. Duh. If I knew the code, sweetie, I wouldn't be being arrested right now. And she starts laughing. And I said, sweetie, what's the code? And she says, you know the code. And finally, I figured it out. And all of you out there in the audience, you go, I know what the code was. It was Jesus. You know, guys, it's amazing. When you put the wrong code in, you live in fear. Your conscience is not clear. And that day, my conscience was not clear because I was not thinking straight. And guys, if you're going to have the peace of God in your life, you've got to remember that the code is Jesus. And he is the one that rose from the grave. His grace was sufficient for us. We're not saved by anything other than what grace did for us. And that because we have the grace of God and the love of God, that he pushed us out of the way of the cross. He took the cross for us, that we have salvation. And that salvation is the greatest gift that was ever given. And because I have that grace, now I want to go out and tell everybody, not because I have to, but because I get to. And I don't want to be good, but I desire goodness because I understand how much God loves me. And so my clear conscience is a result of God's grace to me. And I want to live for him because of what he did for me. It's not being good. It's not trying not to sin. It's that I love God too much to sin. Are you with me? Well, guys, I say that because I know so many people out there are struggling going, Chancy, I just am so tired of, like Paul said, the very thing I hate is the very thing I find myself doing. Who will deliver me from this bondage of this death? And so thanks be to God through Christ Jesus, my Lord, Romans 7 says. And so the key to that is that we've got to understand that we have grace. We have victory. We have Christ. And we need to have that clear conscience. And we need to understand that we no longer need to be short arming our life. Well, now Paul transitions. He says, guys, listen to me. That I re-, Paul says, I remember you, Timothy. I, rem- I recall your tears. I know that you, uh, I recall you. And it fills me with joy as I remember you. I remember I'm mindful of your sincere faith that was in you, that was also in your grandmom. It was also in your mother. And I know it's in you. You see, guys, what we have to understand is that there is something that happened in us. And it's Christ. And it's his mercies. And it's grace. And it's his salvation. And because I am mindful of that, I've got this clear conscience. I've got this short arming that I no longer do, but I'm reaching out. Because I understand why I'm here. I'm here to kindle afresh the gift of God in me, to fan the flame, so to speak, to ignite the light that God has given me something that's so great and it's called salvation. And I, in order to keep that thing going, guys, it's like being down and you're having s'mores and you've got a fire and it begins to go out. What do you do? You fan it. And that's all you have to do. And guys, as you wake up this morning, as you go to bed at night, we fan that flame. We make that flame be so alive for Christ that we are lit up. And when you're lit up, people say, man, I want to know what you know. You've got the right code. There's such a joy. You've, you, you're not short arming life. You're reaching out. You're embracing what God has got to you. You're no longer Timothy. You're no longer Timothy, but you're Timothy. You're a man that has, that is, 
understands that he is doing it for the Lord. And that's why now you see in verse seven, for God has not given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind that you go, God gave me this, this power source. It's such a great power source that it's God within me. And I'm no longer going to be afraid, but I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to make him known because I have fanned that flame. I am a recipient of the faith that God gave to me and I believe and I'm no longer going to be in that fear because God has given me something greater. He has given me that love, that love that never fails in 1 Corinthians 13. He has given me that that joy that only God could give to me that was given to me by my family that told me about Jesus and that peace that only God could give me that was given to me by Jesus because God has not given me a spirit of fear but of power love and of discipline or a sound mind guys I just got to share with you in my closing remarks today if you're out there today and you're struggling with a sound mind discipline God can give it to you but you've got to say you know what first Timothy 4 7 says discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness You know, our purpose is godliness. It's not fearfulness. It's not running away from God. It's running to God. And guys, today, God wants you to stop short-arming your life. Stop not fanning that flame, but fan that flame. Understand the faith that was given to you. Reprogram the computer that Romans 12, 2 tells you. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We'll talk more about that But guys, we love you guys, and I thank you. If you're out there struggling, guys, I just want you to know, God didn't cause that. That's just what sin does. That's what the devil does. But God has given you a clear mind to make an impact in this world. So fan that flame and enjoy this day. Hey, God bless and have the best day ever. Hey, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.